This is, uh, uh, I guess you call it a podcast. Uh, it's my first one. I don't know how this shit works. I guess you talk into a microphone and give your opinions on stuff. I'm not here is, to do this for the first is time. Is that how it works? You've been I'm, doing this before? I'm not oh starting God, fresh. that cat is scratching the leather chair. He does it all the time. That bastard. Oh, I, I lied to everyone. This is like episode 60-something. Ah, it might even be... It's probably in the 70s. In the 70s. Which, by the way, did this album come out in the 70s? You don't know any of these things? Mm. Hi, uh, this nope. is Couple of Critics <laughs> Podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Sam. And uh, what we do here is uh, we listen to each other's things that we enjoy. We review media and we talk about it. And uh, this week, Sam has no idea what's going on, even though it is a Sam week. Which is usual. I mean... The most I was prepared for in a long time was the Dying Fetus episode. And that's because I felt like I had to know a lot for that one. Because, you know. Because no one else did? Yeah, and I had to sort of defend it. And, I don't know, you talk about the same things over the music. As if you heard that episode, you would know. They're doing blast beats now. They're talking about how they hate the government. Done. Fuck, that could have been the whole podcast. <laughs> it kind of was. <laughs> yes, welcome, like she said. And it is a Sam week. And what did Sam choose? Sam chose a rock album to a listen rock to. rock album. I chose to go in the direction... Of the dead. Of a dead man. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to jump on this uh, dead wagon. Dead wagon. And I'm going to uh, dead it up. So we listened to The Grateful Dead. Oh, God. I hope that never happens. Really? They're not yes. that fucking terrible. Like, I mean, like live recordings, which I guess is most of the dead's music. The dead. Because uh, I and I agree that I'm not a fan of the whole jam band. Let's make, you know, 17 yeah. to 26 minute song. I don't think that's necessary. We've been jamming on the same riff for 14 minutes. It doesn't get old at all. Terrapin Station. Isn't that a Grateful Dead song? Okay, apparently, you know. That's, uh, it was the first word that came into Terrapin mind. Station? I don't know. I remember we used to hang out with a hippie named Jenny, and she liked that shit. That's right. I called it shit. Pure poo-poo. But what we listened to was Rush. Terrapin Station is an album by The Grateful Dead. I got it. But, but we did listen to Rush. But we listened to Moving Pictures, and it's Michelle's favorite album of all time. Why would you say that, because Sam? Because Geddy Lee is your favorite vocal artist of all time. I would say that, first of all, <laughs> that's definitely not true. And secondly, based on this podcast... Secondly? Um, I will never say that correctly. <laughs> Secondly. Secondly was, um, <laughs> I believe it was Stephen Colbert at some point. And I've always said it since, and I think it's because uh, I think it's funny. It is funny. So yeah, I know it's secondly, but I like saying secondly. You know what one of my favorite Stephen Colbert bits is? Huh. Is when he does things on a calculator oh, and he yeah. just mashes his hand down on it. I've seen him do it like three separate times. Once yeah. in Strangers with Candy. Once in the movie. Once in the movie. I'm count. Okay, so that's and four. once on a show. Like I've seen him do it on both. On the Colbert Report. On the Colbert Report and whatever it was. Whatever the it is late now. Night, whatever. Yeah, the late I don't know. show with the, the the least uh, 
talented Colbert I've ever seen, <laughs> which is the most with the current Colbert. Oh, because it's more him as himself, and it's not him acting. He's not writing. He's not doing anything like that. He's just talking. He's got it easy now. Yeah, I Strangers with Candy, Daily Show, and Colbert Report were fire. Colbert. Strangers with Candy is amazing. Amazing. But him on The Daily Show was also pretty amazing. This Week in God I was, was my favorite fucking <laughs> segment on any show ever. Which is funny that he did that since he is a... Because he's a Catholic. Believe-y, he believes in it. He be- he's a believy he's guy. He's a believy guy. <laughs> All right. Eugene believy. Eugene believy. <laughs> Those fucking eyebrows. Do you think they get trimmed at all? I think they do. Probably has to to keep them in check yeah and I, I think his son has given him some sex appeal sorry i had to take my jacket off I don't think and i dropped the, everything i don't think eugene levy has ever had sex sex appeal and i have i even today earlier today i watched some sctv skit and it was like five neat guys it was some like super white group of five guys doing this almost like doo type music it probably wasn't doo but it was just super white 50s type thing and he was included in it, and I'm just like, man, Eugene Levy has never been attractive until he does this show Shit's Creek with his son, and he does all this press stuff, and then he goes out with his gay son, and all of a sudden he looks like more clean than he ever has, like better. There's something about being out there with his son that I think makes Eugene Levy. It's probably a couple things, too. I mean, age. One, he, age, I was going to say, like, it seems like every man who was goofy looking at one point as they looking. get older, it's like, ah, you're not so goofy looking anymore. Mm-hmm. Finally grew into your goof. Mm-hmm. But he was always cast as the supposed to be the unappealing, well, like, also, goofy dad. He or... had huge teeth, like big buck teeth and stuff, and always wore like big Coke bottle glasses. So he, I mean, even in American Pie, Eugene Levy was just a fucking goon. Like there was nothing about him that was supposed to be like a serious, attractive male. But now for the first time, I would say... Eugene Levy is the most attractive now than he's ever been. Oh, he's the sexiest man on earth. But I think his son <laughs> is very handsome, and I think there's something about that that, like, maybe he's like, if I'm going to be out here with my gay son, my son's got to tighten me up. Tighten up. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, so we listen. how it goes. I was going to go. That's Frankenstein by. You were going in the right direction in the beginning, and then you went off the path, for sure. I'm going to finish my sentence. Frankenstein is by that other ghoulish brother. I can't remember. Edgar Winter. Edgar Winter. So, yeah, we listened to Moving Pictures by Rush. Moving Pictures released. I know things as I look at my phone. It was released February 12th, 1981. Knowing things and reading them aren't the same. I didn't know that, but I do know it's their highest selling record of all time. It makes sense. It's got hit after hit. Well, radio hit after hit. Maybe. I mean, like half of the album. I knew almost every song on here already. Hmm. And I've never listened to this album until I chose it for this. Chose it for this. Well, what do you say we get started on this? Okay, let's get started on this. Do, 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 do. Let me get to the play. You button. really don't have it up? I had to get out of the thing of Wikipedia where I was learning the thing to get to the other thing. You know how technology works. Let's do this. This is a classic. Yeah, I also just like when on podcasts we're like... Most podcasts I listen to, there's a lot of bullshitting around. Ah, so a you, classic. Yeah, a rock band classic. 
<laughs> you mean the game Rock Band. Yeah, the game Rock Band. It's a classic from that game. I miss playing that game. That's probably how I was most familiar with this song. Not saying I've never heard it before, but when I think of this song, when I hear this song, I think of us playing Rock Band in the early days of Rock Band. Whether it be with Sammy or with Sharon. Oh, yeah. I forgot we played it there, too. I just always attribute it to Sammy in being hammer smashed faced. Well, we would invite people over to the gardeners when we'd be watching the house. And get hammer smashed faced. (laughs) (laughs) And invite people over to the fucking Mormon household. The Mormon household that has no uh, extracurricular drugs. They have prescription drugs and they're like a motherfucker. (laughs) I didn't know anything about that. I just assume. Seems like he's a dentist. So I just he doesn't bring his work home with him. No. He doesn't have a fucking nitrous tank in the bathroom. Oh, I don't believe that for one second. You were in the bathroom. There's a bidet, not a nitrous tank. There is a bidet. I remember when Adam went and then he used the bidet and he came down. And it looked like he had been violated. He was like, it shot straight into my brown eye. Like, yeah, that's the point, buddy. And he had the warm toilet seat. I'm sorry. Listen to that beautiful angelic voice. The worst part about Rush is obviously Getty Lee's voice. Getty Lee's voice sounds like trash. It doesn't sound like trash. It's awful. It's not awful. It's grating. It's like nails on a chalkboard at times. Grating. (laughs) I would rather listen to Whoopi Goldberg scratch her nails across a chalkboard than listen to this motherfucker sing. That's insanity. Yeah, well, it's for humor. Sometimes... I've heard Getty Lee and Robert Plant sound a lot alike each other. I've said negative things about Robert Plant's oh, voice many I times. I don't know if you think that you're trying to like come at no. some angle and make me feel lesser than. No, I don't think you're... I just always want to make you feel lesser than, but that's not the angle I was taking. I was just moving on and saying that sometimes... Not on this album, though, for some reason. And I can't give you any examples of when Robert Plant and Mr. Getty Lee himself have sounded alike. But yeah, so you're just saying it's talk shit. I'm not talking shit. Talking shit would be, hey, fuck face. You don't fucking like. But you're saying it to try and get it like one on me. No, I'm not at all. You're just taking it that way. I'm just saying it because I've always thought that. I'm just putting out a new idea. Past the you don't like his voice. Well, it sounded like you were using it in, as a defense and then we're like, but I don't have any examples. I wasn't using it as a defense. That's just the way you interpreted it. No, I'm just talking because I you literally started talking about that directly after I said that his voice is trash. And you're like, no, his voice sounds like Robert Plant's voice, essentially. And it's like, okay, you want to argue? No, <laughs> incorrect. What you say about his poop You should. Uh, speaking of you not liking his voice, you would have hated this warm up for their. Uh, concert that showed Getty Lee playing the bass and he was just by himself going ah, 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 running scales and it was pretty rough to listen to. What are you talking about? His voice is not trash. I don't think it's trash. See, you're taking it this way. I'm just, I'm saying if you already didn't like it, you would have hated it even more in this YouTube you were said You said it was rough. It was. Mm-hmm. So if I think so it was I'm rough. So I'm going on that, what you just said. Friction of, friction of the night. Why are you saying night? I was commenting on the friction that just happened. Then it's nighttime. So, 
you said it's the worst part of Rush. Do you enjoy the music at all? A little. Just a little. Yeah, just a little. Is it because it's too proggy? There's too too much synth sounds here and there. There are a lot of synth sounds. And it really depends on the song as well. I mean, because this is not all Rush. If all Rush sounded like Tom Sawyer, I would like Rush more. Oh, oh so the synth is even lower in this one than other ones. Yeah, it does get pretty synthy towards the end on this album. All right, you remember the band Mindless Self-Indulgence? I sure do. People enjoyed that shit when we were younger. Did you like mindless self-indulgence? No. I always championed against them. It was it was really uh, like electronic metal, right? Yeah, it was, they call it like synth punk, synth proto-punk, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of it's electronic. very high energy. Yeah, it's very. Which was not me in high school. It, it's very in your or face no. in a way I don't enjoy. It's in your face in like a computer kind of way. And I remember Cherie telling us a story that he peed on someone in the front row. They asked him to, but if I'm going to get peed on, I enjoy it to be from a fake penis and it's fake pee. Not real urine shooting at me, because what about the guy to the left that didn't want to be peed on, and now he's getting spattered on? Plus, it's just fucking gross. I don't know. <laughs> it all is, sounds like a bad thing to me. Why did you bring up mindless self-indulgence? Because they did a cover, and I'm laying it. <laughs> what just happened? Woo-woo! An example of the super electronic. This is the type of music that would be playing in the background of a movie when it's like showing a crack house and they're like trying to find someone and then when the camera finally pans to them, they're doing drugs (laughs) and this music is playing in the background. They're all shooting heroin into their balls. Some chick is half naked laying down in the bed next to him that he's sitting on. It reminds me of movies like The First Blade, uh, The Crow. This it's sounds like, like it's fake. It sounds like a song that Weird Al would do. It doesn't sound <laughs> like it's real. Bah, 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 bah. This is as furthest I've made it. It almost has like a Zappa feel to it, though, at the same time, which is weird. Like, if it wasn't electronic. Yeah, I could hear that because of the... Just like the weird vocal stuff. The, the weird vocal stuff and the weird, like, it doesn't stay consistent. It'll just stop and do something mm-hmm. completely different real quick. It's <laughs> really... That's enough for that. Zappa <laughs> It's, it, I mean, it definitely is their own take on the song. I'll, Absolutely. I'll give them that. I'm not going to give them anything else, but it, I mean, kudos to taking that song and making it your own. Good job. Uh, Jimmy Urin, I think is his name. Oh, yeah. well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Since he pees on people in the fucking front row. Oh, that's probably why he was, I, I bet people all the time are like, Jimmy Urin. Urine on me. You're in my face. All right, let's move on. I don't. Uh, I guess this is pronounced Barchetta or Barchetta. Barchetta. I know it's a car. So this is about a car, I guess. Little red Barchetta. <laughs> That's what I always think of when I see the title. <laughs> Little red Barchetta. 
All these, they're all nerd lyrics. So you knew this song? Oh, yeah. So, okay, do you know how many of these songs were actually singles? Because I feel like I knew... I knew three for sure. Uh, the three singles, I'll just go ahead and say them all right now. Tom Sawyer, Limelight, and Vital Signs. Okay, see, I did not know Vital Signs. Vital Signs gets played way less than any of the other ones. I was just saying... Out of the ones that you mentioned, there's definitely one. I mean, I, like, I'm familiar with Tom Sawyer, but when it comes to songs that I hear on the radio, it's not Tom Sawyer. There's another song on this album that I feel like I'm very familiar with. But see, this just sounds like Rush to me. I feel like so many, much of their music sounds has kind of this similar musical arrangement. A lot of uh, picking of a chord. And, clean. And, and building. And then, now we rock. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not saying that the song structures are always the same, but at least they're seeing... I mean, there's definitely some... Aside from just the vocals, which are clearly very identifiable for the, ba- the band. Oh, yeah. But the actual, like, singing style and the musical arrangement, I think, is very identifiable to what Rush is. I think they all met in college. Well, no, Neil Peart wasn't the original drummer. I've heard that they're all, like, nerds. They were teachers. Is that what it was? I don't know if they might have been teachers eventually, but I know that they all went to... Well, at least Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee went to the same musical college. So is Neil on this album? Yes, this is definitely Neil. So when did he join? Were they already popular? Uh, I don't... This is what... This is the album that made them, like, super popular. I don't really know when Neil Peart joined. I didn't when did you that. say this came out? This came out in 1981. No, this that's is, right. I saw that. This is their eighth album. So they were they were already going at it, and they had like an underground following. I know that for uh, progressive nerds. You know, there's a section of progressive rock nerds who, are, like for instance. Love Genesis, but up until Peter Gabriel left. Yeah. And then it's like, ah, this is garbage, which I agree with. But anyway, King Crimson and shit like that. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Personnel. We got Hugh Sim? Sime? S-Y-M doing synth stuff. Mostly Geddy Lee doing synth stuff. Man, listen to all the things they attribute to Neil Peart on this album. Drums, timbales, gong, orchestral bells, glockenspiel, wind chimes, bell tree, crotales? All percussion-based things. Cowbell, and most importantly, plywood. Wow, they could have just said <laughs> percussion, though. Yeah. <laughs> they really could have just said percussion. Absolutely. And just put that all together in one tight little... <laughs> Thing. But they, but if this was what made them big, they were still in that time frame of trying to prove themselves. So they had to be like, I can do this, and I did this, and I did that, and I can also do this. Neil just wants as many credits as possible. Plus, Neil started writing the lyrics. Getty Lee doesn't write the lyrics. It's all Neil. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm not sure Getty Lee's a poet, a poetic person. I might be totally wrong that he eventually did write some lyrics and stuff, but it was definitely... Neil. So he can't write and he can't sing. What can he do? <laughs> Play the bass like a motherfucker. And the synth. 
He plays the keyboards live. Like, I think they use... Either uses loop pedals or they use pre-programmed, like, drums. Or not drums, uh, bass. And then he does some synth action and stands next to a washing machine. He's like an emo Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. He's a ghoulish-looking man. All right, I got this. Neil replaced original drummer John Rutsey, or Rootsey, I don't know which one, in July 1974. So there you go. So it's still mostly been Neil. Oh, yeah. Not anymore, though. Do you think they're done? They've got to be. I think they had already retired. And then, you know how bands, you know, they retire for five years, and then they get the itch, and then they come back. Yeah. I think. But he was sick. Neil was. He had brain brain cancer. cancer. Yeah. With this band, I think you can't have Rush anymore without Neil Peart. Because you need that style. They've always been known with his style. I think you need that style, and he was just so important. It's just just done. Especially knowing that he didn't even, or that Getty didn't write the lyrics. It was Neil. That's interesting. He was more integral than I realized. And I know that he stopped playing drums for a very long time, and I don't know if they got a replacement drummer during that time to go on tour, or if Rush was just done while he was done. Because his family died, and he just like went on many years, of just he just rode his motorcycle just to get away. His family died? Like, yeah. one by one, or all at once? I think all at once. I'll have to look into it, because I don't know the true story. For, I didn't even think about getting into talking about Neil's dead family on this one. I, I had no idea about that. You should look at that in the break and then I will come back and talk about it. All right. So uh, you had never heard that song, like you said? No, but it has that familiar Rush sound. So I, it, it, it feels familiar. Yeah. But I can't say definitively that I've heard it before. Yeah, that's definitely another one that I've heard. And this next one, I had only heard whence... Once I heard the Primus John the Fisherman intro cover of this. Uh yeah, but then I heard I heard the Primus actual cover of this, which is on a, a demo album, or maybe it was on before Frizzle Fry. They put yeah, that something. was that was the suck on this. Yeah, that was the album, and it had a demo version of John the Fisherman, and the very that's actually my favorite version of John the Fisherman is the suck on this version that intros with yyz oh yeah they okay that's right that's what i'm thinking of because they do like a whole longer version uh-huh. of yyz on that one and then the release on i can't remember which on the did it come out on frizzle fry yeah and then it's just they use the ding 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 and then it goes into the let's let's listen to it now i love that little triangle sound and i enjoy it very much is this your favorite rush song you don't want to give me that I love the rhythm on this. No, because I think that the song goes off on crazy tangents. If it was more like heavy rock like this, I think I would enjoy the song more because the beginning of this is very good. I even like though it doesn't, song a lot. even though I think when Primus does it, they make it sound fuller. They do. It sounds almost heavier. Mm-hmm. Man, we must. When Neil died that day at work, the rock station was on. Whatever rock station they play over the intercom. 
and like, as they should for the next hour I think they played Rush songs once the, they said the news and then they just played songs so I heard this song on the speakers through work and I was like holy fuck I never thought I would ever hear YYZ playing on the speakers at work it was a very cool it's surprising because it's satellite radio yeah but the satellite radio they choose is basically like still at regular radio yeah I mean less talking but and a little bit more variety but it's still it's still the same songs every fucking day but at least the rock station doesn't play the same eight songs in rotation whereas like the pop country station yeah it's maybe 12 songs literally just over and over and over again so you hear the same songs about four times a fucking day and they sucked all four times I like this you can hear a Primus inspiration and and parts of this song I think the Getty Lee bass playing yeah you can see where it definitely stuck with less this is nice like I enjoy I enjoy parts of this song quite a bit and this sounds so primacy to me it does I know they're a huge influence but I think basically if you take I know less loves rush and rush. the residents I think you basically get primus mm-hmm. a little bit flea in there even though it came out at the same time <laughs> yeah I think residents and rush are the perfect combo to equal primus I also read that this was the uh, this was an album they started to write more radio-friendly songs instead of being super progressive. I think on prior albums. No, it still definitely toes the line. Oh yeah, it's definitely still prog rock all the way. Definitely. But, but I mean, this is. But Tom Sawyer is not doesn't have that sound as much. No, Limelight doesn't really have that sound as much. It's much more. Let's write a four-minute-long song that can be played on the radio and potentially be a hit. Instead of, let's write a 12-minute-long song where we explore time signatures. Even though this song is like 11 minutes, so... They I can't completely get rid of it. That's what I'm saying. They don't, they don't totally change. They just add. Oh, yeah, that riff rules. But at the same time, this, to me, sounds like... It sounds so of the time... That from of, of that time? Of that time. Uh, yeah, I could... See, I hear it more like in the 70s than 1981. I hear like... I hear it in old video games and old m- m- like movies. I don't know. Like It just has a, such an early 80s feel to me. And I think it just... It completely dates itself based on the style. Even though like it's, it's not like they're using old instruments that aren't used anymore that were only used in that time frame but there's just something about just the style to me that is like I'm sitting at one of those arcade driving games at a bowling alley <laughs> cruising USA yeah <laughs> but not this part just that part I find that song to be almost heavy at sometimes yeah I think so like, I think of it played live, and I'd be like... Because they're also constrained by the recording equipment of the time. You know, it's Things sounded thinner 
Yeah, in, I well, seventies and eighties and sixties and blah blah blah. But yeah, in regards to my saying that I think that it sounds fuller with Primus, I I, oh, yeah, I feel like sure. I want YYZ to sound heavier, and I'm sure that we could find a live video of them where it does sound way fuller. But just I mean, basing it off of this, it does kind of leave me wanting more. You could also probably find some douchey heavy metal version of it that somebody recorded and i'm saying that as a guy who likes heavy metal but but just, there are different ranges of heavy metal so there are douchey heavy metal is a thing yeah but i also i don't think that rush attributes well to any type of metal like there's a lot of no, songs just that should just not be covered by metal bands and then they always do and then they always just sound cheesy as fuck like yeah, disturbed. but again, I'll give it to Mindless Self-Indulgence because they did their own total fucking take. Yeah, but I'm not considering that metal. Like, metal, it would be like, they would just be like, let's put a double kick drum in there. And just Isn't that supposed roll. to be like, isn't that like electronic metal, though? Isn't that like a... Uh, punk. They call themselves proto-punk. That's what it is? Yeah, because it's the, of the attitude. I thought it was still like a stem off of the... Metal tree. No, I don't think any true metalhead could ever stand to listen to Mindless Self-Indulgence. Shree and fucking Roxanne loved Mindless Self-Indulgence. I said true metalheads. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Roxanne was never a metalhead. Her brother is. She just kind of dressed like one. Yeah. She dressed like a goth. Right? She liked Tool and stuff. There's differences yeah, there. Was still not and I metal. would never call Tool metal either. No. Just rock. And Shree just, she was anything. Yeah, she liked everything. It was uh, what, what? What's the fashionable thing this week in the underground scene? That's what I am at this point. It's not like just and what's on what TRL. I'm gonna just pretend like I don't like it though. But, but I like I all do. of it. <laughs> Which I mean, again, as always, big ups to people who like. <laughs> you just hiled Hitler when you did. I did, I did accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, when people have a wide range of musical tastes, I always respect that. So I respect it too, but I don't respect when you pretend like you don't. No, I agree. And then you talk shit about things, and then you get in your car, and then you play that very thing you were talking shit about. No, I agree. You know, I used to do that all the time. Was Me? That? No, because you never talked shit about the thing. No, I, I talked shit about Britney Spears, and then had <laughs> Britney Spears' albums and uh, exercised to them. Yeah. Okay, but I was going <laughs> to... So yeah, me. So me. But uh, I talked about how she was a horrible singer, and I, I never backed down from that. I just thought she wrote catchy pop songs that were easy to dance to. You just to. wanted to dance, girl. I just wanted to dance, and I learned choreography from music videos because I was a dance nerd. just wanted to shake that ass. But so watch myself. I'm surprised you don't get into dance now. Uh, I'll tell you why. Why? I got married, and I moved in with someone. What's the, who cares? Because I go it, in a room for four hours and play the drums. <laughs> yeah, but that's different now than it was in the beginning. So I just kind of fell out of it over time. You could just go to like a dance class for people your age. I could do it now while you're not here. And I do a little bit, but not like I used to. I do oh. turn on music and stuff and kind of dance around the house. I would bit. shit myself and I would love it if I came home and you're like, check it out. I know a dance routine. And you're just like... I used to do that all the time. That's who I was at fucking dances. It was like, oh, she's doing the NSYNC dance. Everybody spread out. And she knows it. Uh-huh. I, I was pretty good at that. 
pretty good at that. <laughs> I was going to say Mr. Corey M., one of my be- mm-hmm. best friends during school, he would always, around me, because he knew I would shit on it, I'm, I'm sure ha- most of the reason is because it's just easier to say you don't like it than have me rag on you for an hour, which yeah. I was really bad about. You're, you're tough to open up to. <laughs> <laughs> he would always be like, I don't like country. And then we both drove the same de- pizza delivery car because at Classic Pizza, it was one car. You didn't drive your car and go out. You drove their car. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, we always tore to shit. That car had the engine mounts on it replaced three fucking times in the time that I worked there. That's ridiculous. And I don't think I was the worst one. I think his sister, the guy that owned the place, I think she was the one that was driving like fucking crazy. But anyway, I would get in after Mr. Corey would be driving, and it'd always be on a pop country station. And I'd always come in and be like, I would literally say, dude, just tell me you like country. It doesn't matter in the long run. Just tell me. I don't like country. I'd be like, then why is it on the radio in the car you were just in? It's funny that you say it doesn't matter in the long run, because it does matter in the short run. I'm going to berate you. (laughs) (laughs) It's what that means. But they can berate me, too. They can say the music you listen to is just... Because no one ever wanted to go against you, because you would fucking (laughs) attack. Because you would turn into a fucking attack dog. Because even though you'd be like, I don't care, yeah, you did. And you wanted to prove that other people listen to shit and they didn't have quite the integrity musically that your music had, which is why you were better, but you couldn't just tell them in a grown-up way. You had to make fun of them and make them feel bad. So yeah, long run, short run, whatever. In the long run, it doesn't matter. But in the short run, I'm not going to stop talking about it for an hour. <laughs> Correct. And if you did admit it, you would have just run with it. Uh, that's funny. It would have just changed the way you joked. You wouldn't have eased up on him. That's no. for sure. It would have just changed what you said. No. And I'll still, when it comes to pop country, I'm still that way. Because... Makes you very mad. Oh, it's just complete garbage. And for some reason, it's what the mass enjoys. And I fucking... I, I'll make fun of it to no one. Like, Mel will hear it, but I'll be at work and I'll just be like, hur, dur, dur, hur, dur. I cannot wait to pull out some 90s country to give you in the future. I'm sure the 90s country is going to be miles beyond better than what it is now because now it is. It is, but it's still pop country, but it's early pop country. Yeah, but it's, at least it's going to have its roots of country. Now it just sounds like fucking I think so. pop songs with a guy that sings like this. I'm just I'm I'm, I keep going back and forth on which artist I should give you, but this is definitely something I've been thinking about for a while. I think it should be Garth. Well, and I've thought about like maybe (laughs) Travis Tritt. It's got to be something. It's got to be something. Oh man, that's yeah. It's gonna hurt you no matter what, so it doesn't matter. You want to listen to one more song and take a break? Yeah, but I wanted to tell a quick story. Another story. Uh, Yeah, I just remembered this in regards of the. I'll make fun of something to to the annoyance of other people. Oh, yeah. I remember when cell phones first came out and they were getting popular, I would talk shit on them all the time. I fucking hated them. Still kind of do, but not near with the disdain I had then. Something was going wrong at the pizza place, and I was like, I'm going to call, I don't remember who it was, I'm going to call blah, blah, blah on their cell phone. And uh, my ex-girlfriend who worked there with me at the time, I was already pissed because it was like a busy night and shit was going wrong and blah, 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 blah. And she goes, oh, I bet you're glad he has a cell phone now. Like, to cut me. I had that feeling as soon as you said that. So I'm already on board with her. I remember I took, I looked at her and I took the phone and I just went, 
boom, and I slammed it onto the cradle, and I broke the whole fucking phone in half with my hand. It just cracked in the middle, and I had to go out and buy a new phone. <laughs> Anger. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. That's the thing. If we dated when we were younger, like when I really wanted to date you, it wouldn't have worked. Because <laughs> I was a psycho. Yeah, and I mean, you were still a psycho and early on with us, but you... You worked it out. I still am a psycho. Yeah, you kind of are. <laughs> All right. When I get mad, I go from zero to ten. No, you go from zero to fucking eight hundred. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. go far. Yeah. And it is immediately fuck, 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 fuck. The fucking animals. Oh my god. <laughs> the animals come up to me. Miss Clarence, the dog, is terrified, and she just like looks around and wants to come up and just like hide and burrow in me. What's he doing? The cats jump up and look around. They don't know what the fuck is going on. The whole house is on edge and freaked out. I'm nervous. And then you work things out. Like an hour later, you'll come out and and no, the, completely fine. And you're fine, but you come out, and the last thing that I heard was. Fucking enraged, screaming, just fuck, 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 fuck. Well, so then, never, never fucking works. So then I look at you like, okay, like is everything all right? And you're like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, why are you looking at me weird? And it's, as I don't know how to take you because if I act like nothing's wrong and you come out and you're still enraged, and I'm like, hey, blah blah blah. You'll just be like, <sighs> I mean, in my mind, I'm like, don't you know I'm mad? Embrace that I'm mad. <laughs> Feel this for me. <laughs> Relationships are fun. Uh, Bill Burr said it best, though. It's not going from zero to 100. You're always idling at 70, 75. That's true. So. <laughs> that's, that's very true. All right, let's do the last song, like you said, and then we'll go to a break. And this is Michelle's favorite song of all time. It's called yeah. Limelight. How can everything be my favorite of all time? Because <laughs> I know you definitely have a disdain for this song. I definitely have a disdain it. for this song because this is the song that when it comes to radio play, as I said earlier, I've heard this song more than any other song on this album. This one gets played the most this, on radio oh for sure. Oh my God. I don't know if it's just regionally because I do think that that does happen. Yeah, you're Based right. Based on where you're located, they play different chunks of like classic rock. Hey, right. Like same artist, but just different songs. This is so common to this area. I think for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think it's because it's it's still rush. You still get your somewhat prog rock, but it's it's less prog rock to me than even Tom Sawyer. So it's like even more acceptable. It's so like positive and uppity sounding. Oh yeah. This is, it's like happy. Rush is probably one of the only bands that can go in those happy scales, and I'm okay with it for some reason. Oh my god! Except for like those who that one <laughs> for that one progressive Genesis album. This has been in my head all fucking weeks <laughs> since we've been listening to this. I've seen this part over and over again. Fucking catchy, man. But the lyrics, so knowing that he didn't write that and that it was Neil is weird because I think that in the song, the the rhyming big words gets kind of ridiculous as the song goes on. Yeah. Anything and with I'll, a I'll bring it up. at the end? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, Ignition, come on, dude. Alienation, <laughs> participation, <laughs> yeah. masturbation. He didn't go there. I may have liked it more. Sitting in the limelight with masturbation. 
How do you respect that as a grown man's voice? Uh, because okay. it doesn't. I'll, I'll say this. Because it's his own. That was the the voice was the biggest hurdle of me getting into Rush that I had to get over. I I could do it with a. I, I would prefer. Okay, at one point in my life, I would have much preferred a different voice. Now I just accept that it's not Rush if it's not that voice. And I understand that. But. But I appreciate yeah. that you're telling me and not acting like I'm crazy for not liking his voice. Do you do you think he misses notes or is it you just don't like the way it sounds? You just don't like the timbre of his voice? I think the tone of his voice okay. is heinous. It's just like... <laughs> heinous, heinous. It is almost like a whine. And he is... Oh, W-H-I-N. It's, it's like a screech. I think it's the only way he can get to those notes. Yeah, it's the, I don't think that he has a good voice. Yeah. So it's always... But, I mean, if he loves to sing, he loves to sing. I mean, they chose him to to front the band. I wonder why. <laughs> Is it just because he loved to do it and was willing to do it and was in the position that he could? Maybe. Like Maybe be, they wanted to keep it a three-piece and didn't want to get a guy who sings. Or maybe they liked that his voice was so unusual that they thought it would make it stand out. That could be it, too. Because, I mean, music isn't done like this so much anymore. Rock music isn't. For men to sing like this in this register and to hit these notes is not very common. No. I feel like it kind of, I don't know if it, I would say it inspired the 80s hair metal singing styles because they definitely like to hang out in those higher registers. Yeah, and that's even higher registers. They're going like yeah, but what he just did was, I mean, those are still high notes for a yeah. man. I'm going to say that uh, Robert Plant and Geddy Lee were probably huge inspiration for 80s metal singers. I, I think that makes sense. Especially Robert Plant, because he had more of the grit sometimes would, when he did it. And it, Well, I, I think both of them, comparably, when we're talking about Plant and Lee, they didn't seem to shy away from imperfect cuts of vocal mm-hmm. recordings that they thought that, you know, like I hit the note and I'm there, even if it kind of sounds a little weird. Even if it took a strain to get there and you could hear a wrong note as I got there. <laughs> but I'm still like in the right range and the feelings the there. Emotion. and like. I mean, I, I understand the trade as well, that sometimes you just, you take those imperfections and you you kind of treasure those instead. Did you fart? Is yeah. that what that look was? Oh, I just farted again. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're... That's number three. Jesus that's Christ. Number four, that's five. <laughs> Do you have a song ready so we can get the fuck out of here yeah. and take a break Let's and let this room air out? Before I shit my pants. Yeah, we'll be back. This episode of Couple of Critics Podcast is brought to you by... Hey everyone, it's Michelle from Couple of Critics Podcast, and I'm here with a new CD compilation that I know you are all waiting for. Michelle's Dirty Love. This new compilation of love songs was recorded in only one day, and that's all it will take for you to fall in love with this collection of die-hard hits. Let's listen to a few songs now. Ooh, my little pretty one, a pretty one. 
When you're gonna give me some time for go to Ooh, you make my motor run, my motor run Gonna coming off of the line for go to Never gonna stop, dig you up Such a dirty mind, I always get it up For the touch of the older kind My, 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 I, I, woo My, 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 pagoda My love's in mud My love's in mud Not to be confused with Bill Jack or Peter Dennis My love's in mud He's always been Well I'm the most burying sons of bitch you've ever seen Got muddy shoes, yes muddy shoes From head to toe I'm rather dirty Got my burying blues I make them cry Most of the time Today my feet are trotting on all these old friends of mine Six foot deep and rude as hell I gotta get them into the ground if they ever cross my shell My love's in mud Yeah, down by the river Down by the banks is my boyfriend Charles That's where you'll find him Along with the lovers and my enemies Well, they're buried by the water Oh, I hope they don't float out of their holes Wasn't that just romantic? Valentine's Day will be here before you know it. So be sure to pick up a copy of Michelle's Dirty Love, wherever music is sold. This episode of Couple of Critics Podcast is brought to you by Brother. He's got a call, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he said he's going to call to do the ad. It's fine. Hold on. All right. We're supposed to get a call any minute. Right, right there it is. All right, pick it up. Pick it up. Hold on. Here. Okay, here. This is an automated message. You have received a phone call from an inmate at the President of the United States County Jail. Yeah, that's him. To accept this call, press 1 now. To decline this call, press 2 now. Press 1. Quick, press 1. These things don't last long. Hello? Hey, buddy. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it's me, it's Abe. How's everybody doing? We're doing great, buddy. All right, let's do this ad real quick. All right, you're good to go. All right, everybody, I'm in jail, big whoop. All right, I'll be out soon, don't worry. And uh, part of my work release program is I get to come and do the podcast again. Sorry it's been so long, but uh, I just want to tell you I'll be back real soon. I'm not going to give you an exact date because you know how court systems work out. Yeah, they suck. What? I said they suck. Shut up, man, I'm trying to do the fucking ad. I thought you were working on your anger problem. I'm trying to be better, all right? All right. So, once again, look out. The Abraham Lincoln Crack Emporium show will come back. They might make me change the name. I don't know. I don't really want to. Even though I don't own the Crack Emporium anymore, the police set it on fire and blame me. Yeah, that's what I said. All right. Well, I'll see you soon, guys. Can't wait, buddy. I gotta go. There's a guy who wants my bread, and if I don't give it to him, he's gonna kick my fucking ass. Just for bread? 
Yeah, just for bread, man. It's fucking rough in here. I'm telling you, it's a hardcore prison here at the President's of the United States County Jail. All right, well, I'll see everyone as soon as I can. All right, gotta go. Bye. The inmate from the President's of the United States County Jail has hung up. Thank you. All right, so there you have it, folks. We're going to be back soon. Yay! All right. Uh, all right, have a good one. Bye. I, I don't know how to end this thing anymore. It was fun. I kind of suck at this podcasting thing anymore. You're rusty. Yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it. This is just more metal. Remember when I said that metal songs often make rock songs even cheesier than they were? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you mentioned Disturbed, and then I think I cut you off into something else. This isn't Disturbed. No, 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 but I think I derailed the conversation. I I hate it. It completely takes all of the, like, substance from the original lyrics, even though it's the same lyrics. Yeah. uh, It just guts it. Sorry, Leo, but I don't like your version. It's Leo. <laughs> Leo does metal versions of like every song and posts them on Google. Oh, really? So yeah. you've heard of this Leo. I have played so many songs from this Leo before. On the podcast? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he gets a lot of play from us, that he son of a bitch. does, but it's usually negative. <laughs> I think we always, should be. we always dislike the stuff that he puts out there. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back. We are listening to and reviewing uh, Moving Pictures by Rush. By Rush, Canada's greatest band. Did you know they were Canadian? Of course I did. Remember? Everyone knows they're not Americans. Did you? Kenny Lee is not an American. <laughs> Do you remember that uh, Trailer Park Boys episode where they... Go and kidnap Alex Lifeson. <laughs> I do remember that. I thought that was interesting. And I think he, he, he like ties him up and he's like, now play the guitar. Play Huckleberry Finn or something like that. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds about right. <laughs> All right. So I did my research as much as I could because when you type in the words death and anything with Neil Peart, it just comes up about he died recently. Yeah. So trying to find out what happened to his family. His wife... His common law wife, they weren't actually married, but yeah. together for a very long time. Her name was Jacqueline Taylor. She died uh, from cancer. It was a, a battle with cancer, as they always okay. say. And then, uh, let's see. Oh, wait. She died after their daughter, Selena Taylor, who died at 19 years old in a car accident. Okay. So Neil was already distraught from his daughter. Being killed. Maybe. He may have been relieved. You never know. Oh, he wasn't because after his wife died, he went on a 14-month-long hiatus where he just got on his motorcycle and just drove his motorcycle trying to clear his mind and figure out what was important in life and if there was really any reason to continue with life. And had, in an interview, I said, had contemplated suicide once or twice. But wow. the, the open road brought him back to... It was nature. Normalcy, I guess. It was his own mind, and it was getting back to things that are important in the world when you, I don't know, I, I bet when you have a family and you just devote so much of yourself to the idea of them, and then you lose them, it's like, who am I? Yeah. I've been a family man for all of this time. I'm just back to being the drummer of Rush. It's just all I'm back to. <laughs> who am I? What am I? I don't even know what I feel. I'm fucking numb. I'm just leaving. Yeah. I don't know how to be myself. I'm just, yeah. I'm out of here. 
a really sad thing that I read about it when he was on the road. He passed by this old couple, and he, as he drove by them, he thought, what were they saying to each other? And he said, I'm sure the husband was saying, look at this guy on his motorcycle. And then the wife was like, stop being such a grump. And then I guess he broke down in tears because at that point he realized he would never be a grandpa. So it just like broke his heart to see all that. But then he got, I mean, back to an okay spot. Did he remarry? Yes, he remarried to, I can't remember her name. I think her last name is Nuttall. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet she was way younger. Maybe. I, I bet she was okay with still getting Kerm on her tits. <laughs> Let's see. Nuttall said in the past that she was a fan of Rush in high school, but didn't know the band members' names. Oh, isn't that fun? I think, uh, who cares about that? But yeah, he definitely remarried. And then I think he had... Some people do. He had a daughter two days after the uh, anniversary of his daughter's death. Not like a year anniversary, but the daughter was supposed to be born two days after that. So he... I don't think he saw it as reincarnation, but he saw it as like karma or bringing back, you know... Don't get me started on reincarnation. Holy God, yeah. I have been so... (laughs) I spent like two fucking hours, maybe three last night... Just watching videos on YouTube and watching different documentaries of, I, and I, I don't b- necessarily believe in any of it, but I'm so fascinated by the idea of young children starting at around two or three years old being able to, uh, re- I mean, just recount all of these things that happened in a previous lifetime. They're aware that it was a previous lifetime. They, I mean, it, it's one thing when things don't match up, but when young children can direct like their current family, I guess, to show them where they used to live and things being accurate. Uh, Can't they like see pictures of people and they'll be like, well, that was old Bob Slatherington. Yeah, they can usually look at pictures and, and name everybody. That and is fucked up. It's, it's really fucked up. It's crazy. But I mean, and sometimes they'll go and it's only like, like they'll go there and they'll experience th- things, but like, they'll be like, like, this was my dad's name. And then there's absolutely no record of that person existing. Like there's a record of the last name and the family living in this house, which lined up, but not everything always lines up. Sometimes it does though. Sometimes that's how they're able to find the information is that they say they give names and things and they can actually trace it back to specific people. But but when it's like, I lived in this family and I died when I was a boy and then they actually go and talk to someone in the family, and they were like, yeah, no one died. No children died. But he was still able to bring you to this house and this place and give you the last name of the family who lived here and, like, all of that. super weird. It's wild. I remember I overheard one of the videos you were listening to the other night, and what did they say? It was like the guy said, I, like, yeah, when I died at 67, but all the records showed that he died at 65. Mm-hmm. And then they did more research and found out that like his date of birth was wrong, and he was actually born two years earlier. Mm-hmm. So he would have been sixty-seven when he died. Yeah, yeah, that's so that's craziness. Things like that, like again, it's interesting. I don't, yeah. I don't know that I believe any of it. Yeah, but it's very interesting to Do me. Do they tend to forget it? Yes. And then by Not, the time they're like four, they're just like, I'm Billy. Most of the time when they start, when they leave the home and start going to school, the kids will lose that. But like there was one instance where there was this girl who was a boy in her previous life and then died. And it was a whole thing where she like 
took had her had her family take her to this family and like she knew where it was she knew all the people she could like and they the family like accepts her she talks to them regularly and she's able to give them information that only this male family member who passed away would have known. That's also what's crazy as to sit down and have conversations with someone who was like your child, but you're like in a child's body. <laughs> like, yeah, it is weird. And, and to be able to talk about things that happened when you were children together, yeah, like it's, it's fucking wild. I don't know. I don't know. But then in that case though, they believed in Hinduism and when you get into certain r- religious beliefs, they are more open to the idea of reincarnation. Yeah, yeah. So that's why they kind of also, they, they kind of look at things like that with a little less validity because it's more just kind of like worked, sewn into the fabric of who they are and what they believe already. So th- when it happens over here in like America. Where we don't believe it at all. <laughs> typically, yeah. Yeah. They kind of... I wouldn't say take it more seriously, but they they look at it a little differently than someone who comes from a culture that specifically does believe in reincarnation oh. already. But anyway. It's definitely wild. It's definitely wild. It is wild, but it has nothing to do with this podcast. It's wild stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that is that a real Isn't that impression? Johnny Carson? Yeah. It's weird and wild stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a Johnny Carson impression ever. <laughs> no. Weird and wild stuff. Yeah, I've never That's, done I'm losing it. <laughs> yeah, the more you do it, the less you have. Weird it. and wild stuff. Oh, my God. The it's waiter. Weird and wild the, stuff. The, <laughs> the kid that was picking up food plates tonight. What did he sound like? It was like... Can I take this? <laughs> Everything ended with a... Can I take your plate? Plate? Can I pick that up? Who got the steak? Who, who got the hooch? Baby. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on with Rush's Moving Pictures. This song is called The Camera Eye. Ooh. The camera, camera. Ooh. I am a camera, a camera, oh, yeah, am I? It's fucking intro, so you can't hear anything yet. Oh, I can hear spookiness. What? Traffic sounds? Is scary to you? It is scary. If you're laying in the road, it's scary. (laughs) And now it sounds like aliens are beaming in with their synth sounds. Ah! Yeah, I think it gets synth heavier at the end. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, This is the last song that I had heard before. I thought you said that you heard all of them. No, I said I'd heard most of them. Oh, but you heard Vital Signs because that was a single? I don't remember ever hearing Vital Signs. Okay. I don't think it's played nearly as much. I was under the impression that you had heard it before, but I guess uh, And then there's other Rush songs that are played on the radio that are not on this album. You know, I, like. I have no respect for this song. This song sounds like <laughs> it's, it's like an opening title track to like some instructional school education based video now when you get here you're going to get a math book now what you're going to do with that math book is open it up to page one and we're going to need you to write your name in there mathematics 101 (laughs) i like to add i like subtraction i like multiplication Multiplication. and i hate division because my parents are divorced Math. I don't understand math at all. That sucks for you. It it really does sometimes. <laughs> I could do like addition and subtraction and multiplication and division, but fractions? 
I'm out for fractions. Fractions are easier than you think. No one's ever been able to able to explain it to me. I knew it at one point in my life, and then we stopped doing it in school, and then we got back into it, and I was like, I don't remember how to do this. And I remember asking, I don't know what teacher it was, but I'd be like, I don't know how to do this anymore. And they were like, look at the book. I could teach you. I don't need to know it now. <laughs> oh my God, are you all right? I'm choking on water. You work with cars and paints and stuff. Why wouldn't you need to know calculations of fractions and things? Because there's a screen right in front of me that tells me how much to put in the cup. <laughs> Actually, and I don't have to like multiply things on the side of the cup. It'll have like a one and then a one and a one. So I know if I need one, I just go to the one. If I need two, I go to the two. Easy peasy. Other than that, I just tell the screen to tell me what to put in. They're called paint coats, Michelle. <laughs> Aren't you irritated when people can't do simple math with making change? I know you used to be. Uh, yeah, it does irritate me that a kid can't see. But you can't now. No, I can do that. Like if they gave me gave me five dollars and your total was three eighty nine, I know you get a dollar eleven back. But I have seen kids when the thing doesn't work or like they put in the wrong bill amount, they just freeze and they'd be like, manager, how much do I give them? And they come over and they're like, 10 more dollars? The same amount of change plus 10? And I could see the look in their eyes like, oh my God. Why did I hire you? Yeah. Now we're finally into some vocals. That was a while. This might be the most egregious uh, Getty Lee vocals for me on this album. Grading. <laughs> it's the nails on a chalkboard effect that almost makes my eyes water. <laughs> I definitely drop off the album at this song. Like a baby. Yeah, I drop off the baby off the balcony just like Michael Jackson. He didn't drop it. In this reality, there's another reality where he did. He had his hand on that baby's dick the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> was that blanket? It was because he had a blanket over its face. Poor blanket. Is that why they called him blanket? Because he had a blanket on him all the time? It was his nickname. Blanket, my beautiful blanket. What a fucking weirdo all the time. <laughs> Even if you take out all the child dick sucking stuff. It's interesting to hear guards and people talk about how he was a pussy hound, though, as well. Oh, really? Yeah, that he flirted with women all the time, and he was very, like, sexually charged. Huh. He was just a sexual creep no matter what you were. But it, de- Yeah, it always just seems to depend who you talk to. Because there are people who be like, I worked for him, and I saw weird stuff all the time. But it's also, what's your definition of weird? Is someone just being eccentric weird to you? Is everything weird to you? Or do yeah, you right. accept some weirdness as just being normal, like most people should? Because we're all a little weird. Yeah. So I don't know. Why are we talking about Michael Jackson? It's uh, rush time, baby. Oh my god! I can't believe you rush time. is something I yell at work. At work. I almost said in and out at the same time. In and out. Mm. In and out burger. Uh, but at work, when Rush comes on, a kid I used to work with named James, we would both yell, Rush time! 
And now Mel doesn't know when fucking Rush plays, so I'm the only one who sells or says Rush time. When Rush plays, I also say Rush time because I rush to change the fucking channel. <laughs> Can't change the channel at Tom Tipiato Center. You can fucking unplug the speaker. No, I've tried. It's too high up. <laughs> I've thrown tools at it to try and break it. When it's been like day 47 of the same pop country station and I just can't take it anymore, I have thrown wrenches at this fucking thing trying to break it, but I can't ever hit it. And then you gotta deal with oh, fuck, the wrench is coming back. I was usually not in the room. <laughs> Would he be mad if he came in and it was busted? Mm, yes and no, because it also gets on his nerves and he hates being paged. So if he doesn't have to hear him being paged, he's gonna like that. But <laughs> yeah. They would just replace it. No one would fucking know. They don't know what's going on in the body shop. But they would be like, why didn't you come when we called you? We paged you, and you didn't come. He already doesn't go out there because he hates being paged. He'll just be like, call me. Just call me on the phone. I hate, He hates hearing, rah, 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 service counter. Especially since the one idiot who runs the service counter, for some reason, cups the fucking end of the phone and it goes like please report to the service desk and I'll yell I'll open the door to the service center and I'll yell learn how to use the fucking phone <laughs> you're a joy he's the only one who can't get it right I just and I'm just like I said at Tom er, at, when we were eating dinner earlier I just get to a point where I can't handle myself anymore and I just freak out. But it's because something stupid has been going on for so long, then I look like a psycho because now I'm freaking out. Because you of, of how you handle things. <laughs> you don't just freak out to yourself. You freak out and you like basically tell people that they're stupid. You've told this person that you do not like him. Yeah, I've told him I fucking hate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you wonder why you guys get mistreated. But you go, it seems like you... But I hate him because I was being mistreated. <laughs> but you don't hold back telling him when he does things wrong and when he's stupid. I did for years. And okay. now I'm to the point where I just do not care. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, just let it build up. and now I, I always say it like this. You can't get mad when the dog that you beat for five years finally bites you back. I agree. So that's kind of where the whole body shop is at now. <laughs> I feel like this song's kind of boring. Oh, it's super boring. There's nothing that really happens. And it's kind of weird for a Rush song because I feel like you usually get too much. You're, you're likely to get too much more so than not enough in a Rush song. Yeah, and for some reason this one's almost 11 minutes. It's one second shy of 11 minutes long so then and it's always weak the whole time you don't even like to get a really good rock and roll section yeah i don't understand this song i think it's i mean i don't like hate it but i don't think it's a strong point the best part is this kind of riff where you get if you listen to neil's drumming it is interesting because neil still spices it up and i think neil was integral not only with lyrics, but with making the music sound exciting, because there are parts where he gets... If they were just mixed differently, they would be almost metal drums, but... 
I mean, but if you took the drums out, it just sounds like a kind of like a basic rock song that anyone could do. Absolutely. Except they're all extremely talented, but sometimes when you're extremely talented and you're already in a progressive rock band, you're more concerned about is this, is the music, like, is it written in a, a super, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, a super technical way. And then it can kind of get away from an interesting thing. Even if it's soft. Like, could be playing weak-ass lines and you're like, oh, it was really technically hard to play it. Yeah, it still sucked, though. <laughs> it's almost like they tried to go with a less is more sort of thing with this. And I, I think it missed. Less is more and then make it 11 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. That's odd. On the cover of this album, I don't know if you looked at it. Where yeah. Where it's got people carrying out the... Uh, historic paintings. Okay. Have you ever seen the Rush uh, album cover, or it's usually like a Rush logo, where there's like a naked guy I'm not standing sure. what looks like a, it's not a pentagram, but it is like a star? I'm going right now to see. Look up Rush 2112. And you'll see like a star with a guy that's naked. You can just see his butt. Or maybe I'm wrong on that. They're just different versions. Okay. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. One of those guys on the front cover carrying out that the paintings is that guy. They've used him several times for things. He was just, he might have been a artistic director for the band or something like that. He was a butt model. He's a butt model. He's looking good on that cover. I wonder if he's the only person who you can see their butt. On the in the moving pictures, there's only one person person with like their back to the camera, and you can see their bootay. Yeah, I wonder if it's him. I don't know who. Looks like there's a baby doll on the on the ground, and the lady's like crying. We got a crying baby doll lady. Unless it's supposed to be a real baby on the bottom right hand corner. There is a baby doll on the cover. On the ground for some reason, and the lady's just like sobbing and reaching the picture, like she's more concerned about the picture than the baby. I don't know what's going on. I do know that I, I read that the old people are supposed to be like excited that they're seeing the pictures, that they're seeing the paintings. So she's so excited that she dropped the baby? <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know what it looks like, but I know on the back cover there's a certain picture where it looks like people working. Okay. And uh, I'm not familiar with this. They had actually they filmed it. They got the picture by film... They like recorded a film of these people working, and then they took a still image mm-hmm. and used it for the back. Yeah. So when they went on tour, they had a big screen behind them, and they, you know, they started a song and they just put that picture up that people had seen. Nobody knew that it was made from a video, so everybody's like, "Yeah, that picture, cool." And then they start the song, and then they start moving and like working, and people lost their fucking minds because they didn't know that it was a video. So it was like. Holy shit, that picture came to life. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy, man. I wonder if they're one of the first to do the big screen thing and bring out, you know, extra. Because I'm sure it's... They might be pretty boring to watch live. Mm-hmm. You know, not moving a lot and stuff like that. Yeah. I know they always brought a washer and a dryer onto the fucking stage for some reason. <laughs> That's very weird. (laughs) Which is very weird to me because it's like, (laughs) all right, guys, let's load up the truck. As you know, washer and dryer in the back. (laughs) 
right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> Let's move on to a little song they like to call Witch Hunt. Do a little intro. Ding dong. That's the Glockenspiel. Oh, I'm familiar with a Glockenspiel. There's this band called Mr. Clit and the Pink Cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm familiar. They're fucking awesome. Uh, they would always bring a Glockenspiel and they put it up front and they encourage people that during their songs to come up and play the Glockenspiel with them. Wow. So you can basically go up and ruin a song. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clit and the Pink Cigarettes. Look them up. We lost our minds when we fucking saw them live. Because. They're punk, right? Yeah. Punkish. I'd say that's what you'd call them. But they get a little. They get really weird, too. Um, most of the time, and I hate to say this, but it's true when you're. And I'm sure people thought this about us. When you're playing shows with people, most of the time you really don't like any of the bands that you're playing with. Most of the time you're just like, eh, okay, great guys. You were friendly, awesome. I'm glad you're in a band, but yeah, not for me. Seems like a familiar yeah. feel when you're there. Oh yeah, when Corpuside played with Mr. Clinton Pink Cigarettes, I had no idea what was coming. I didn't look them up or anything. I remember during the show, I was like, I looked over because it's two girls and one dude, and I was like, "Are you Mr. Clit?" And I pointed <laughs> to the guy, and he was like, "No, I mean, it's not, none of us are Mr. Clit. It's just a name." And I was like, "All right, Mr. Clit." And then they played, and every one of the bands that played that show, everybody walked right up to the front and watched the whole show, and we were all just like, this is the best fucking thing I've seen on the road in three or four fucking years. That's awesome. Yeah. So I suggest to anyone to look them up, and see them live if you can, because that's really when it's the best. It's a man and two women? Yeah. I used to know their names, but I don't know their names right now. They, they put a microphone in the center... And the two, the bass player, which is the girl, and the guitar player, which is the dude, they share the microphone. So they'll just go back and forth, which I think is pretty cool. Huh. When we played that basement show, when Ralph played that basement show. Yeah. Uh, they put a, he put us right before Mr. Clit because he knew that the room would be the most full for Mr. Clit. Yeah, that's nice. So he nice. put us right in front of it. And people loved Ralph. I mean first song my microphone got knocked over and I got pushed into the drums which is a good sign because it was just so rowdy immediately yeah and then they all stayed down for Mr. Clint and it was just like the Mr. Clint and Ralph combo people told me for months after that well, that made the whole fucking night Ralph's Clit yeah Ralph's Clit <laughs> I need to go on tour with them and that's what we're gonna call the tour Ralph's Clit <laughs> yeah Ralph's Clit tour. Yeah. And then they came up oh, to me. Ralph's Clit tour us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. You're a genius. This song is boring, too. Yeah, I don't like it. I hate the singing. Yeah. I don't. I think the song could have been better if he didn't. The, vo- the vocal rhythms weren't this. It's like a weird, almost like. It's like their take on Doom or something. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. Ding! It doesn't appeal to me. So, my my view on Rush is there's certain songs that I fucking love, and then I'm just like, eh, on other songs. You don't hate them, they just lose you? I don't think I've ever heard a Rush song I hate. You're just not. But I'm just, I'll just skip it. Like, if I wasn't listening to this album for review reasons, I would have stopped it after Limelight. God, that synth sound, that, like, ominous, like... Uh, Super synth. 
Oh yeah. Super synth, here to save the day. This sounds like, ugh, it's so 80s ballad sounding to me. It does have that sound too. I never heard that, or never thought of that, but you're right. It just sounds dramatic, but like, weak and his vocals make me oh my god this song is rough it is this is rough rush this, if he if, if neil would have just written more interesting vocal rhythms for this and didn't like follow what the guitar is doing and put a more in, like uh, aggressive i don't want to say aggressive but it's like the vocals are as laid back as the song itself so it doesn't help not put it in this monotonous, sleepy world where if they would have like almost double timed the lyrics and added more, it could have, I think it could have made the sleepy song. was good. Yeah. A good way made it way better to it's, describe that because I think it's the song I would fall asleep to when I was listening. to this. <laughs> I just not a fan, not a fan. It's, it's definitely true that there is a, a dip in quality in my opinion as the use of the synthesizer increases. Yeah, you're right. I just want to hear some fucking guitars, man. Some kicking ass bass. Said if, if the album was more Tom Sawyer, I would like it more. This probably also could have been uh, arranged differently. Like maybe put Witch Hunt like after Red Barchetta. That way, after that, you get fucking YYZ and you're just like, okay, I'm back. I'm back in. It seems like after the camera eye, which is also sort of weak and laid back the whole time, it doesn't have that real aggressive. I think after a limelight, sound. people are turning this shit off. I would if I wasn't listening to it for a review. Yeah. All right, we're already to the last song. That's fine. Which means this is going to be a shorter podcast, but. You're welcome. You're welcome. Because <laughs> we're sorry that we've been making them so long. <laughs> Let's listen to Vital Signs. Maybe if it. It's beginning. Have, I know. They just do these fucking intros all the time. These fade-in intros. You know what this reminds fade me of? Fade-in intros. The intro to this. Yeah. It reminds me of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. You want to know what this makes me think here? Immediately. Uh, police? I'm like, why does this sound like an homage to the police? Yeah, it definitely does. And I have not been able to get it out of my head the whole time. I'm glad that you're on board with me with this. I totally hear the police thing in it. It's the style. It's got a reggae sound to it. Yeah, it's it's written in a different style than any of the other songs. And he's like, everybody need. <laughs> yeah. So all I think of is police the whole time. I just hear that that very beginning, Halloween three, season of the witch, when they're like traveling, and not the. Five more days till Halloween. 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 Five more days till Halloween. Silver shamrock. I kind of I'm surprised that this is how they ended the album. I'm I'm and I, maybe they thought that they were going out stronger than with like a droney track, but I'm really surprised that like Witch Hunt wasn't at the end, honestly. But yeah, this is ugh. This is reverse polarity. It's fucking cheesy. With nerd words. <laughs> and I think... Nerds? And it has... It's real Geddy vocally tough for me. This this song's rough for me. It's Halloween 3. 
I mean, I guess I appreciate that it's a little more up-tempo and not droney, but it's, it's a weird song for me. The whole album is sequenced incorrectly. They have such a strong beginning, and then the last three are just, eh. And maybe for people who are, like, harder Rush fans, this was enough to pull them back. Probably. And, and make them feel like it was a good ending. I don't think it is. I'm sure Harder Rush fans were fine with the fucking Camera Eye and Witch Hunt. They're probably fine with the whole structure of the album in general. There's a whole like 70s prog rock thing that I world that did get more mellow and when you get more floaty in the playing and like atmospheric, I guess you want to say. And like, yeah. Think of your like a medieval world and you're on a trip. But that's the part of progressive rock from the 70s that I do not like. I like progressive rock when it's still rock. And they're like doing, I don't want to say heavy riffs, but yeah. interesting guitar riffs. But this is, it's the police completely. It's completely police. And I don't. I'm looking at reverse polarity. If your outlet's polarity is reversed, it means that the neutral wire is connected to where the hot wire is supposed to be. This may not sound like a terrible thing, but it is. There is always electricity flowing out of an outlet with reverse polarity, even if the appliance is supposed to be off. So he is saying... Everybody need it. <laughs> every- Everybody's got it. This one says. So we're all just constantly radiating electricity not taking a break man which is a bad thing so we have to meet we have to mediate we have to elevate we have to segregate from the norm you've actually been told a story about reverse polarity and I'm gonna retell it to you a uh, friend Sharon and her ex-husband when they moved into their house okay do you remember him telling a story about how he could hear a buzzing emitting from his washer? And then when he put his finger into the water of the washer, he could feel an electric source. Like he could he wasn't getting shocked, but he could like feel a charge in it. I don't remember this, no. That's because his the washer was reversed. So it was putting out weird fucking electricity throughout the whole washer. And he would get like shocked when he touched the outside of the washer, but then he could feel the electric current. In the water. He was dealing with reverse polarity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the fucking album. We that's did the it. album. Michelle that's moving Lechen- pictures. Michelle Lechen to a Rush album. Michelle Lechen to Rush. All right. So are we, ready? It. are we ready for a certain thing? We are uh, because we have finished. We are to the point of the podcast where it's time to go over some questions. Everybody got question polarity. <laughs> That was the worst one yet. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Sam, why did you choose this? Because Neil died, and that was about it. I, have you been wanting to give me Rush? Nope. I never thought of Rush once to do at all, but then I was like, you know what? I Every week I scramble for something because I'm trying to – it's like when I look up music to listen to on my Google Play – I can only think of like three fucking bands at any given time. And it's 
That's why it's sometimes it's nice to listen to the radio, at least to get ideas, or at least to like, you don't have to like listen, but you can go through like the list of what it's bringing up to be like, okay, what about this? Yeah, so it's always... Because you like so many different artists, and every time you're like, I don't know, I never thought of this. Like, you never thought of the Evil Dead, and you nope. never <laughs> thought of uh, whatever, and it's just like, I'm shocked, because when I think of you, I think of stuff like that. I'm surprised that you didn't think to give me Rush before. I'm just always thinking Pantera, Slayer, and Metallica. Like, I'm not even saying that's my personality. It's just the only three bands I can ever think of. And you've already given me two out of three of those bands. Did you give me Slayer? No. I don't think so. But I didn't remember giving you Alice Cooper either. So, But I did. Did we listen to Slayer? I don't think we did listen to Slayer. I don't think we did. We haven't listened to Slayer, and we haven't listened to Black Sabbath yet. No, we haven't, and I'm surprised about that. Which are two of my biggest fans. So, what do you think I thought when you gave this to me? Fuck Getty Lee. (laughs) I mean, kind of. I would say that my judgment prior to listening to it was just kind of, okay, this... Okay. (laughs) What am I going to do? Okay. I mean, I, I was definitely... After Dying Fetus, looking forward to something that was more rock-based than being so metal. So I guess you could say there was also a little bit of like relief with it as well. Just like, okay, this is going to be easier to digest. Because I do at least like rock music. I just, I know that I'm not a Rush fan at this point in my life. Not many women are. I've been told... Jackie is a huge fan. She's been she? very upset about the nail pier really? death because she would see them in concert. They were like her favorite band. Huh? I've been told by people who've gone to Rush concerts and I've heard the podcast people that we listen to talk about Rush concerts and it's a joke about Rush that there's not a lot of women at Rush concerts. It's mostly progressive rock dudes, fucking nerdos wearing like Lord of the Rings shirts. Ernie men? <sighs> Yes. <laughs> a lot of Ernie men. Yeah. All I right. think Rob has seen Rush like and 15 plus times. Wow. And I would have loved to have seen Rush. I think. What about with Rob? Especially with Rob. <laughs> it would have made it fucking hilarious. You couldn't hear the breathing, so that'd be good. That would help. <laughs> God, this guy we're talking about. I went to a movie and I sat next to him. I have two and he didn't make these sounds. He didn't? No. He was very <sighs> silent. We went to go see the Avengers movie. I think the, the last one. The one where Thanos finally gets taken care of. Okay. And I'm sitting next to him. And the whole movie, I would just hear. <sighs> well, you also heard when Scarlett Johansson <laughs> came yeah, on the and screen. Then Scarlett Johansson came on the screen. He was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I get it. She's beautiful, but God. <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> I don't think he knows he's making these sounds. <laughs> Like just, me is like, it's, oh. <laughs> it's just weird. It was hilarious. Do you know how many times you listened to this album? Uh, I went to sleep to it about four times and listened to it in non-sleepiness two times. So, so I'm going to say six around there. Mine was, uh, I'd say, four. Wow. That's one more than you usually do for my stuff. It really depends. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's a little less. okay um how old were you when you first started listening to this you already said you didn't Uh, listen to this as an album no but i've listened to some of these songs on my own by choice or yeah because you heard them i think i had a rush greatest hits and i would hear these songs on that okay 
Like, there's a song about trees that I've heard a lot. Do you know how old you were, though? I'm going to say in my 20s. I remember when... Uh, like tall, he who shall not be named's dad. We were we were really into Slipknot. You could just say his name; it's the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dad matter. <laughs> his son, he who shall not be named, <laughs> Junior. We, <laughs> we were watching uh, Joey Jordison from Slipknot videos playing the drums, and we were like, "Oh, look how good he is!" And I remember Matt came in; it was like. Fucking Neil could play that with one arm tied behind his back. And then I was like, who the fuck is Neil? And he who shall not be named told me, it's the drummer from Rush. And then I remember SB, I'm like, ugh, Rush. So for a lot of years, like at least five, six years, I was just like, fuck Rush. Do you remember doing that as a kid and having no real reason to like back that up? I feel like I did that more as a kid than I should have. What, do the ugh with to things? To artists and stuff. And it's like, but I don't really know. I did that to Joe Walsh when I was really young. And I was like, f- like basically like, fuck that guy. To someone who was like a big Joe Walsh fan who was babysitting me. And it was just, it didn't go down well. Was he like, come on, James Gang? He was, he didn't go James Gang. It was all. Eagles? No, it was, I saw, he had the Joe Walsh album where he's like underwater on the cover and I saw it and I was just, I didn't even know what it was. I just knew it wasn't country. So I was like, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the one I know you did it with was Alice Cooper. Callis Pooper? Yeah. You wrote Alice Cooper sucks on your CD binder. I sure did. But there is a section of Alice Cooper that I still think you would say fucking sucks. I only knew Feed My Frankenstein Cooper. (sighs) and not good. (laughs) I think that that's a fair statement based off of that alone. So, uh, wait, that was she's my cherry pie. Yep. Feed my Frankenstein. Put the bolts in your neck. You know what the best line of Feed My Frankenstein is? It's, uh, uh, he's hungry for love and it don't want pizza. It's definitely a great classic rock and roll line. That's your favorite. And you do almost a perfect job when you do it as well. Okay. So, um, how did you originally feel about this? You've already kind of said. Well, seven days ago. Well, when you actually listened to. When you started listening to Rush, I'll say. Uh, It took a while to get used to it. I'll say that. What about this album? How'd you feel initially on the first full listen? Uh, That it. I love the first handful of songs because by that point I had already grown an appreciation for them, especially like songs like YYZ and Tom Sawyer. I just fucking love them. But then I wasn't too familiar with the last three. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I never really listened to full Rush albums. That's right. So do you know what your least favorite song is on this? Aren't you supposed to take a guess? Yeah, but I don't know if I can really do that. I mean, I guess I will. I'm going to guess Witch Hunt. You're going to guess Witch Hunt? Is your least favorite. Well, it would sound, let's see. It was you know what? I'm going to give it to you. Witch Hunt's going to be the bad one. Oh, these last three were almost ties for me. I agree. Because I myself, well, actually, you should guess for me. Okay, I'm going to guess Witch Hunt? <laughs> <laughs> it was 
this whole time it's been vital signs for me. Yeah. Until this listen. And it is. And it's witch hunt. Yeah. It's and just... and it's been vital signs the whole time leading up to it because I don't dig most police stuff, but rush and the style of police just seems so wrong to me. Yeah, I agree. But there's something about the, I mean, even though there's a song before it that's super lame and way too long. I just don't like the sounds. I hate his voice in this. I hate the ominous synth sounds. I hate how it's all supposed to be just this like looming, spooky song that builds up to nothing. Yeah. Not I, into it. I totally agree. It's just like this song has no redeeming qualities. At least in Vital Signs, I can appreciate like the bass line for itself. It may be weird that it's Rush playing it, but still the bass line can be interesting. The camera eye at least has sections in it where it's, oh yeah, here we go. This is a good rock section or I gotta take it for what it's giving me which hunt is just balls the whole time the vocals hold on oh horrid and I think I would like this riff and it was played with more aggression and there was like more interesting drums going on and not Getty Lee putting weak ass vocal lines mm-hmm. to it. it just seems like it could have been so much better so when it comes to Sam's favorite song, I'm going YYZ. I don't think that that's something I need to really contemplate too much. Shell's going YYZ? I think it's YYZ. What do you think? <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> I think I'm right. You are correct, my lady. This song gives me everything I want. It goes more progressive, and it's giving me... Solid fucking rock lines. Like, just. And playing it, I remember I learned it on guitar at one point. Well, sections of it on guitar. Yeah. And it's really fun to play. So, yeah, you're correct. YYZ is my favorite. And this, I love this. This is super prog, though. I mean, not and then this, as if you shouldn't like it. Listen but. to the guitar part where he, he does frills. Oh, good. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's Michelle's favorite song? I'm going to say yours is Tom Sawyer. I would say that's very accurate because oh, I've, oh. I think because I've said many times that I wish the rest of the album, if it sounded more like rock like this, I like the, the heavier rock. It's just simple, but it's like heavier. And it, it has like a nostalgic feeling of like friends yeah. being younger, getting drunk. And, and playing rock band, and I loved rock bands. Yeah. Oh, God, we would get so wasted when we would play rock band. Like, half gallons of fucking vodka going down. Oof. It was bad. I'm not sure I would enjoy rock band at this point because I couldn't be drunk. <laughs> I think that you had issues with rock band anyway because when it came to, like, the guitar hero or the guitar part of rock oh, band. Yeah, fuck that. It was awful. You'd be like, I can actually play this on a fucking guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd oh, get part, so bad. I remember the day that the first, it was Guitar Hero came out, and I was like, oh, what's this? And I went to Walmart, and I had the display, and I was like, oh, Guitar Hero? Well, I can play the guitar. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> and I just couldn't fucking do it. And I remember putting it back and saying out loud, I can actually play the fucking guitar! And then walked away. You remember that South Park episode uh-huh. where he comes down and he's like, hey kids, I can show you how to really play this song. And he's playing that song that I have a love-hate relationship carry with. Carry on my wayward yeah, son. Yeah. And he's like, fucking Randy laying it down. Okay, totally how I felt. Would you recommend this today, Sam? 
<sighs> no. Not to most people. I'd recommend it to Rob Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what I was great. I love Rush. Okay. <laughs> Would I choose to listen to this again? No. Yeah, I knew that. I don't, I mean, I don't have like a horrible disdain for them. I don't think that they're like, I mean, they're clearly talented. It's just not my, my bag. It's not for you. If I'm going to listen to progressive rock, mostly, it's going to be. Genesis, early Genesis. That Genesis album, or Frank Zappa. Frank Zappa is quite progressive. I'd mm-hmm. much rather listen to that. I would too, honestly. And I don't get into King Crimson besides a couple songs. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's that one song we like? In the Court of the Crimson King. I don't know. He also did what's like. the other one about a cat? Cat food. Cat food. Yeah, cat, cat food. food. I love that okay. fucking song. I have a feeling dun, just dun, like dun, with Rush, dun. King Crimson, probably Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, I bet someone could be like, all right, I'm going to make you a mix, Sam. That I know you'll like all the songs. I've been wanting to dive in a little more on King Crimson because I feel like they're more than just a few songs that I would like. And there probably is because I, I was the one who started listening to King Crimson. I think that that was more me. Yeah, you and found this, cat food. Yeah, well, and and the in the court of the Crimson King, like that was the first song that I heard, and right. I wasn't familiar with <clears throat> them, and I just remembered being kind of blown away just like this is totally different from anything i've heard before uh-huh. but you, I, I liked it do you remember when we were listening to king crimson and then <gasps> fucking kanye, kanye west, west came, out came out and stole in the court of the crimson king and we were both like what the fuck <laughs> he has done that to many songs oh my god when he took try a little tenderness and did the part that's like but like right before he's like try to try a little tenderness and then like that's like what you needed to complete the song but cut that out but kanye it's just aziz and sorry is in the video and i'm just like this whole thing is horrible how can anyone support this yeah kanye west i don't think you're always you don't always ruin things but you usually ruin things and i'm not okay with that i'm not okay with you ruining things that i love i was gonna say i still give it up to him for that one song on that jay-z album lucifer son of the morning i'm gonna chase you out of earth lucifer lucifer son of the morning that one was great I'm from the murder capital where we murder for capital. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so that is how it went. <laughs> it sure is. So Sam. Yes. It's are we uh, done with we're done with questions. We are done with questions. So it's it's here here. We are hopefully you're figuring something out to yeah, go out I'm on. Doing good. All right. I'm waiting for you to give me the fucking next thing. I am the next thing. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I'm not gonna talk too much about it. We are officially finally gonna watch. Justin Timberlake oh, and the happened. Tennessee Kids on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, this has gonna... been a long time coming. I made a playlist of the songs. Is it from that album or is it just... From the special. It's from the special? Like I went in through earlier today when you were listening and picked the songs out. So we're going to watch it twice. And then if you want to reference the songs, I'll share the playlist with you so you can listen uh, to okay, it. Okay, so the songs are what are from the albums. They're not from the special. Correct. Okay. But the special is better because it's live. I, I, I can watch almost anything live that's a band. Mm-hmm. So I'm not too worried. Now, I am worried if I listen to the albums. See, but. it's going to, yeah. Watching it and listening to the songs is going to be a whole different yeah. experience. Well, so. now I feel like I got to do both just to be like. 
to have a comparison. Well, and I, yeah, I think you probably should. All but right. So that's next. It's so coming. It finally happened, ladies it's and finally gentlemen. Finally coming. I'm. I think I've been too easy on you. So it's it's time to make this tougher on Sam. Thanks. For, thanks for listening, everyone. We thanks. appreciate it. Uh, check out our previous episodes. Check out our YouTube channel, Couple of Critics Podcast. We're putting up reaction videos. We're putting up bits. We are out there. We're on social media. Find us on Facebook. Um, We haven't been taking care of the Instagram account, but whatever. We're on Facebook for sure. Um, But really, find us on YouTube. Listen to our other episodes. Tell your friends. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Come back. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.